Uh, I love the fact right now we're in the middle of a series called Entrusted, where we're talking about stewardship and how we can steward what God's given us and and really see God uh, move on our behalf. And I pray this uh, series has been a blessing to you. I'm going to preach another message today. And so if you've got a pen and paper around, you may wish to get that out or your phone or device to take notes because I've got some practical wisdom that I, I want to share today. And so, so we're going to go into it. Hey, this week, this last week, guess what I did? I booked my full license. Uh, yes, that's right. I, I booked my full license. Some of you are saying, what, you don't have your full license? Yeah, I know. It's been embarrassing for years. I've handed over my license and it has had learners on it. Uh, learner's license. I've had a learner's license. And some of you going, but, but you've been driving for years. I've seen you carry passengers. I've seen you out past 10 p.m. Some of you are saying, you're a pastor. You've been breaking the law. Don't worry. I haven't been breaking the law. Uh, when I talk about my learner's license, I'm talking about my motorbike license. Uh, I, I got my full car license, but I, I've only had a, learner's, I've had a learner's motorbike license since the age of 17. And in the last year or so, I got my restricted license and now I've booked my full license. That's right. I am moving forward. Uh, but earlier this year, I did a motorbike course. And in this motorbike course, it was talking about cornering and safety. And one of the key lessons that they gave us was that uh, when going around a corner, you've got to f- focus towards where you want to go because you stare towards whatever you focus on. Uh, in fact, you know, when it comes to snowboarding, uh, we went snowboarding a couple of weeks back and my daughters were snowboarding. And I was just saying, well, you've got to look to where you want to go. I believe that's true when it comes not just to snowboarding or riding a motorbike, it's true to life. You know, why is it, you know, a lamppost, one lamppost can be in the middle of nowhere, but a car can manage to hit that lamppost. It's often because the driver, they may lose control. And and what in in the middle of losing control, they're, they're looking at the lamppost thinking, man, I don't want to hit it. But because they're looking at it and focusing on it, guess what they do? Uh, they hit it. I know right now we're in the middle of the NBA finals. I don't know who your team is. Maybe you want to put it in the comments. But but when it comes to, to, to basketball, to dribbling, you know, somebody who's got handles, you know, if you be a good dribbler, some people may say, well, you're a good dribbler. No, I'm a preacher, not a dribbler. Uh, if you're to be a good dribbler, somebody who has good handles, you don't, you don't look at the ball while you're dribbling. You look at the opposition or more importantly, you, you look at the goal. But so many people in life are, are looking at where they are right now and, and they're looking at what they're doing. But I, I want to challenge us to, to, to look forward. To, to look at our future. In fact, what, what are you looking at right now? What, what's right in front of you? Because I believe the challenge in, in moving forward is, is to focus on everything that God has for our life. See, in uncertain times, it's easy to worry and focus on, on the immediate. Uh, but, but, but when it comes to God and the kingdom, uh, the important focus needs to be Him. See, see, a lot of worry and anxiety today is justifiable in, in many quarters. But I want us to look at what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 30. Because I believe this is an important passage. And, 
And Jesus was talking about worries and he says, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown on the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. That's good news right now. Yeah, God's looking after everything, wildflowers. Yeah, if he's caring for them, he's going to care for you. And it goes on. So why do you have so little faith? And the next verse it says, so don't worry about these things. Don't worry about what we will eat, uh, what we will drink, what we will wear. Don't worry about those things. It goes on. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So if you're a believer in Jesus, you know, those things don't need to dominate your thinking. They, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. That should be comforting for a lot of people today. And then he goes on, this well-known verse, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Some versions say, Seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. You can be assured, if you seek the kingdom above all else, all your needs are going to be met. Yeah, the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is everything under His domain. That's what the kingdom of God is, where He rules. I wonder whether He rules in your life or whether your emotions rule or whether the voices of other people rule. Who and what rules in our life is our choice. Uh, one thing is, uh, God's not going to enforce His rulership over your life. In fact, God doesn't rule by rules. He, he rules by relationship. That's His heart. He, he wants a relationship with us uh, where, where we would actually put Him in charge of everything that we have. You know, we're called this series Entrusted because we don't own anything. Everything that we have in life has been given to us. But we find when we put God's ruler, bring God's rulership into our, our life, here's the deal. God's rules and God's principles, they work. They work when it comes to life, family, careers, sex, relationships. And, and they work when it comes to money because God's rules define reality. Get that. They're not just rules he's made up, you know, to control people. No, they're, they're rules that shed light on reality. And they show us how the, the way the world works. Now, now when, when it comes to the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of God is not complicated. In fact, kingdom principles aren't complicated, they're, they're not hard to understand. They're just hard to do. In fact, a lot of the wisdom I'm going to share today, uh, some of you go, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that. Well, the question is, what are you doing about it? Because they're not hard. Kingdom principles aren't hard to understand. A little child can understand them. A little child can receive the kingdom of God. But, but they're just hard to do because they require a dying to self. Now, when it comes to the Bible, the Bible has wisdom on everything to do with life. 
and it has a lot of financial wisdom. Now, I'm just going to go through uh, 10 financial lessons I've learned from the Bible this morning, and I pray that these are going to bless your life. That's why I said get a pen and paper, because you may want to write these down. One thing I've found, we're going to jump right into it. One thing I've found is, here's, here's number one, a little every day beats a lot every now and then. What am I saying? I'm saying, let's dream big. In fact, God calls you and I to dream God-sized dreams. You and I, as believers, we're called to do the impossible. So it's important we walk through life with a, a big dream. But it's important also that we don't just leave that dream to chance or wishful think, thinking. You know, if we've got a big dream in our heart, we've got to take steps towards that dream. As the saying goes, you know, how do you eat an elephant? I don't know why you want to eat an elephant, but how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. You know, if you don't embark on a long journey, you know, a long journey starts with a single step. And I like what Mark Twain says. He says, the secret to getting ahead is getting started. The secret to getting started is breaking down your complex, overwhelming task into small, manageable tasks and then starting on the first one. A lot of people have good ideas, but they're not close, even close to outworking those ideas. And, and that's why a little every day beats a lot every now and then. See, this principle is right through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs uh, chapter 10, verse 4, it says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent, that, that's somebody who applies these principles, not just once, but on an ongoing basis. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Let's look at Proverbs 12, verse 24. It says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to force labor. I believe this is not a time to be lazy. This is a time to go after our dreams, to pursue our dreams. Yeah, because diligence, the hand of the diligent will rule. Proverbs 13, verse 4, here's, an, here's another one. It says, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. So the desire's there, but has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. There it is again. Let's look, just say one more. Proverbs 21, verse 5, it, it says this. It, it says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty, you know, just jumps into things. Uh, one thing I found, if you're hasty, you can jump into things and you can jump just as quickly out of things. But it says, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. Uh, there's some wisdom there. You know, here's the deal. A, a little every day beats a lot Every now and then. Uh, where are some principles that you need to put in place, uh, you need to put in place in your life that you can carry out on an ongoing basis? Not, not just every now and then when you come to an emergency. See, a lot of people live their lives by emergencies rather than daily disciplines. 
And I believe if we're to move forward, we need to see that diligence is a kingdom principle. Second principle I want to share with you is the principle of delay gratification. Delay gratification is simply doing the hard yards first. Now, I don't like cake that much, but one cake I do like is I do like carrot cake. Carrot cake's good, especially that cream cheese icing. And cakes these days have depth to them. And often you can't put your mouth around the whole piece of cake. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, do I eat the base of the cake first and save the icing to last? Or do, do I eat the icing first and save the base of the cake to last? Now, if you apply the principle of delayed gratification, if you like the icing, you'd save the icing till last. Yeah, that's right, last. Because you'd save the best to last because then the overall experience will be be better. You just won't be left with a base of a cake and uh, you go, ah, that doesn't taste so good. But delayed gratification needs to be applied not just to one aspect of our life, it needs to be applied to all of our life. I I love this proverb in Proverbs chapter six. It's a a lesson from the ant. We're gonna go to the ant. It says, you lazy fool. Don't worry, don't be condemned. Uh, That's pretty harsh there. It says, you lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer, now when does it do this? In the summer. All summer it stores up food at harvest, it stockpiles provision. So when things are going well, it it actually puts some aside. So how long are you going to laze around and uh, doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? Now I hope you're not watching this in bed right now. I hope you're out of bed. How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. Here's what comes. You can look forward to a dirt poor life, poverty, your permanent house guest. Wow. This is big. I like this principle that is talked about here about the ant. Guess what they do? They prefer, uh, prepare their food in the summer. They do the right thing in the right season. I learned this as a student. As a student, many can get into debt. But summer is not a time for holidays. Summer is a time for work where you can actually save up a whole lot so you can pay your fees the next year. In fact, I came out after five years of study with very limited debt simply because I worked in the summer. You know, what's your plan? See, I believe if, if you're to go forward, you need to make plans for the summer seasons in your life. And you need to do the hard thing first. You need to do the hard thing first. That's a principle of delayed gratification. Number three, if we're to move forward, we need to resist making permanent decisions in temporary situations. In the Bible, uh, what this can, can be put down to is the Esau syndrome. Uh, we all know the story of Esau and Jacob and how Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for lentil stew. In fact, Hebrews in the New Testament points this out. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, it says this. It says, watch out for Esau syndrome. 
trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You will well know how Esau later regretted He later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, but by then it was too late, tears or no tears. Now, the question I want to ask you is, have you ever had buyer's remorse? How much of our spending and what we do with our finances are emotional decisions or emotional uh, pick-me-ups, but then we regret it a little bit later? And you think, man, why did I waste my money on that? Why did I do that? One thing I've found is, is that, you know, there's pressure and, and from marketers. There's pressure from people advertising to buy now. You need this and you need it now. A good thing to do is just to hold back, remove yourself from that pressure and think, well, okay, in, in a week's time, am I going to feel the same? In fact, you know, there's a pressure of a sale. Don't worry, Briscoe's will have another sale. The question you've got to ask is, do I need this? And so many people make impulsive choices based on emotions, and, and, and emotions come and go. Our emotions can lie to us. And sometimes we need to wait a moment and just go, okay, do I really need this? How am I going to feel about this in three weeks? And so it's so important that we don't make permanent decisions of temporary situations. Number four, next one, we've got to keep moving through this, is number four, uh, here's some financial wisdom. Live within your means. Live within your means. One thing comparison will do is it will kill you. In fact, Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, if you compare yourselves among yourselves, you're not wise. But what we do all the time is we look over the fence and look at what somebody else has and we go, I need that. And and we go, well, if they can have it, I can have it. I found if you're not content in life, what you'll do is you'll covet And covetousness is dangerous. In fact, many people covet things and they're doing it to keep up appearances or or keep up with the Joneses. But if you want to move forward, it's so important that you live within your means. Now, the key word here is your means. Yeah, somebody else may be able to afford it and they have the means to do it, but you don't. And if you want to experience the blessing of God, Live within your means, which brings me to number five. You know, uh, financial wisdom here is don't buy on credit. Here's the deal. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. Because as Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, the, the borrower is servant to the lender. Servant to the lender. Now, now some of you are going, okay, I've I got some debt. Is God against debt? No, he's not. But he is against anything that has power to make decisions for you. And the problem with many people's financial situations is that they're in so much debt that they don't have the freedom to choose. God wants you to be financially free. And that's why it's so important that that if we don't have the money, we don't buy it. 
I know there's things like afterpay, credit cards, but if you can't pay off your credit card every month, maybe you can make a decision today and and actually go cut up your credit card because that thing is causing you to be a servant. And and it has the power to, well, it's actually causing you to go backwards rather than forward. Yeah, borrowing's all right, but as long as it's on an appreciating asset. Never borrow money to buy a car. Yeah, it's all right to have a mortgage you know, for a house which appreciates. Yeah, but, but never borrow for an asset that's ultimately going to depreciate. Don't buy on credit. I know there's a whole lot of interest-free deals out there, but if you don't have the money, don't buy it. Next thing, number six, hope this is helping somebody out there, is prioritize payments. Prioritize. You know, when it comes to God, what's God saying? Hey, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first. If you put, put God first, you give Him your first and your best, you can trust Him with the rest. And, and prioritizing payments mean, means that, that, that God says, hey, I'll look after all the other things. Now, now when it comes to... You know, having a good name is so important that as believers, we have a good name with the, the people that we relate to. Uh, in fact, in, in Proverbs 21 verse, 22 verse 1, it says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. And so a good name is really important. And I think this is important when it comes to what we owe other people. Uh, a, a good name, your credit rating. If you don't pay your bills, it, it goes against your name. You know, I was taught from a young age that, that it's better to pay your electricity bill and believe for food. Because food is an easy thing to believe for than to believe for your electricity bill to be paid. Because if you pay what you owe other people, you'll maintain a good name. And food, you know, there's always somebody around who can help us out with food. In fact, if there's a need, people in need of food, we as a church do want to help you out. But, but it's about prioritizing their payments. See, so many people spend a lot of their money on food before they actually pay their bills. I'd go, hey, pay your bills and you can believe for food. Because God, God says, hey, you don't need to worry about clothes. You don't need to worry about shelter and you don't need to worry about food. If you seek first the kingdom of God. Number seven, which brings me to, to number seven, is seek wisdom in others. In other words, get help. Now I wanna say, if you are in debt, we've got so many great courses that can help people out. A course called CAP has helped a lot of people as Christians Against Poverty. And it's a course that helps people get out of debt. Debt is bondage. And, and don't get me wrong, there's good debt, you know, but there's a, a lot of people in short-term bad debt right now. And, and, and there's courses. We wanna help people as a church get out of te- debt so that they can be financially free. Now, here's the deal. If you're doing well, maybe you don't have any debt. I wanna say, equip yourself. To, to move forward so that you can progress because as believers, you know, 
if we have stuff, if we're blessed ourselves, it means that we can be a, a blessing to the people around us. And, and, and that's why it's so important that we learn, that we read, that, that, that we just don't take for granted that we know everything when it comes to, to managing our finances. And I want to say, arm yourself when it comes to these matters. Which brings me to number eight, is let's make sure that we invest for the future. We invest for the future. I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's read this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, he says, But I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Yeah, what does a seed resemble? It, it resembles your future. It speaks of your future. And here, Paul's saying, if you sow sparingly, you also reap sparingly. And if you sow bountifully, you also reap bountifully. And he says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. In fact, the word cheerful uh, actually can be translated hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. You know, a lot of people, you know, when it comes to giving are miserable. And in fact, you know, when it comes to our future, giving is critical to our future. Proverbs 11 puts it this way. It says, there's a man who scatters yet increases more. But there's somebody else who withholds and it leads to poverty. And, and, and here Paul says, God loves somebody who gives. And because in verse eight of, of 2 Corinthians 9, it says, and God is able, listen to this, to make all grace abound towards you. Another way of saying that is you are the target of God's grace, that you will always have all sufficiency in all things. Now get this, if you have all sufficiency in all things, there's no need or lack in your life. That's what God is able to do. And he goes on and he says, you're not just going to stop there, but that you may have an abundance for every good work. We started off this year calling our year full and overflowing. I believe God doesn't just want us to get by and survive. I believe in this season, God wants us to thrive, to move forward. And he's given us seed. Now, you've got to get this. If we jump down to two, uh, verse 10, it says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. Who provides the seed? God provides the seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, He will provide and increase your resource and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Now, get this. He says, God provides seed for the farmer. Now, seed is for sowing and bread is for eating. That's what it's saying here, and bread to eat. The problem with many people is, uh, is they eat their seed. And that's why they live repeats of what they've experienced. See, we've got to invest into our future if we want to see our future change. And seed is for sowing and bread is for eating. Let's make sure that we don't eat our seed, but we sow our seed so that we can change our future. See, if you want to change your future, you need to sow your seed. Number nine, if we're to move forward, some of you, oh, I don't know if I can afford this. Well, here's the deal. Number nine is you need to repent of a poverty mindset. Because we all have it. 
In some ways, uh, you know, some people, just this thought, oh, well, I'm no good with money. That thought there is actually hindering you. Some people have said, well, I'll never own a house. I'll never get out of debt. You know, thoughts like that. Where does it come from? It comes from a poverty spirit. Oh, well, it's all right for them. If I had what they had, I'm not disciplined. Well, I'm just a student. Well, before you're a student, you're a child of God. Why are you letting that label limit you? Some of you are, well, I deserve, I'm entitled. You know, they all represent a lack within. And, you know, a big one is, well, well, if I just won one lotto, all my needs will be met. No, you can do something today. And in fact, we've been talking about in this Entrusted series, if you're faithful in the small, God will entrust to you much. But if you're unfaithful with what you have right now, God can't give you more. And we've just got to repent of mindsets that limit us, that hold us back. You know, some of us have been told stuff that just isn't true. Adam and Eve in the garden, they hid and and God came. He walked in the garden. And Adam said, we hid because we're naked. And God said, well, who told you that? Who told you that you can't? Who told you that you're going to have to always live that way? Come on, God wants to do something amazing in your life if you just choose to put your trust in Him. Which brings me to number 10. The last point is we need to give it time. We need to give it time. What happens between seed time and harvest? What happens between the time you sow the seed and you reap? Time. Give it time. Here's a big thing. Don't buy into quick get rich quick schemes. In fact, Proverbs 20 verse 21 says this, and an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. If it promises a lot and it promises it's all gonna happen quickly. Yeah, many people say, well, it sounds too good to be true. Well, that's, that's a good statement when it comes to that. Yeah, it happens over time. If you wanna increase, if you wanna move forward, don't buy into get rich quick schemes. Listen to what Proverbs 28 verse 20 says. It says, Commit, committed and persistent work pays off. Get rich quick schemes are ripoffs. And there's many a people are being sold a dummy. And in the end, they end up in a worse off place because they look for a quick answer rather than applying God's principles of diligence, delay gratification, and some of the other things that we heard today. You know, as Equippers Church, we want to equip you. And we want to equip you for life. And one thing God's principles are that for all of your life, not just church on a Sunday. I believe God is going to help us all move forward so that we can take hold of everything that He has. Like it says in in 2 Corinthians, Paul says that you have all sufficiency in all things, but you may have an abundance for a good work. I believe God wants to give us an abundance. He wants to bless our life. 
so that we can be a blessing to the people around us. Come on, let's not just hold on to what we have, but let's choose as believers to take what we have, apply God's principles and use it to be a blessing to change the world around us. Now, Paul, earlier in 2 Corinthians, he said, he was talking to the church, you excel in so many ways. You excel in your faith, your gifted speakers, you have knowledge, your enthusiasm. He says this in chapter 8, verse 7, and your love for us. You, you excel in all those things. But he says, what I want you to do right now, I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. I believe as a church, we're living in a season of miracles. In fact, Miracle Sunday is coming up. And I'm asking people, come on, let's not just excel in some things, but not giving. Let's excel in giving. Because as we do that, as we seek first the kingdom of God, as we put His kingdom above all else, we can be confident that He's going to provide for every other need. I feel in my spirit like God wants to stir hearts, stir the hearts of people like He did back in Exodus when it came to building the tabernacle. In, in Exodus 35 verse 21, it says, Everybody came whose hearts were stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought an offering to the work of the tabernacle of meeting. You know, here we've got an opportunity to, 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 to sow into the work of God. And I believe, you know, when you build God's house, there's a principle that comes into play where God looks after your own. I pray this has been a help to you today. And, you know, I know some people have made dumb decisions. We don't want to condemn you today. Yeah, today, you can make a decision today to change some things. For some, the best thing you could do today is go cut up some credit cards. Say, I'm not going to live on credit any longer. For some, it's doing a budget, putting a budget in place and prioritizing your payments. For, some, for all of us, it's just saying, man, God, I'm going to prioritize you. I'm going to seek first your kingdom so that I'm not, I don't need to worry about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to live. God, your promise is that you're going to take care of all of that. So wherever you are, I want you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, what would you say to me today? Holy Spirit, where do I need to take action today? Because I believe if we all take action, God's going to move in a powerful way.